Beyond toleration be the love Before pride and exaltation be the love Be the love You are listening to Be the Love to awaken our souls. We are souls on the journey and our mission is to awaken all humans to a higher state of consciousness and live vibrantly as spiritual beings. We are here to open up the conversation to heal, awaken, and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey. And we are your co-hosts at Be The Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time. This is Adrienne Elise of the Supernova Soul Tribe. This is Nicholas David Mann. Namaste. My name is Nistella Joy Davy. This is Ron Interpreter, and you're listening to Be the Love Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Be the Love to Awaken Our Souls. Thank you so much again for tuning in this week. I'm Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey with our special guest, Molly Mandelberg. We are your co-hosts and souls on the journey. And we would like to thank our Patreon supporters for allowing this weekly conscious conversation. We are so grateful for all the support we have received with the monthly donations on Patreon, the five-star written reviews on iTunes, and the connection within our Awakening Souls Facebook community. We are on a mission to raise the consciousness of humans and the planet, and we need your help. So please spread the word to your family and friends and join us every week. And if you like what you hear, support us in a way that raises your vibration to love. And if it feels safe for you, I'd like to invite you to take a moment and get centered with us. I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a beautiful cleansing breath in through your nose and out through your mouth releasing anything that is keeping you from being present. And take another deep breath in through your nose, breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy, and breathing out anything you're ready to release in this now moment. And take one more breath in through your nose, breathing in light and love for yourself. And imagine breathing that light and love and send it back to all of humanity, remembering that you always, always have your breath to come back to. Our guest today is Molly Mandelberg. She is the founder of Wild Hearts Rise Up, the creator of Magnetic Influencer Collective, and also the writer and illustrator of the Wild Hearts Rise Up Oracle Deck. She is the host of both Tactical Magic and Reveal the Game of Life podcasts, as well as a best-selling author. She is a certified neurolinguistic programming and transformational leadership coach, an access consciousness bars facilitator, and a full-time nomad. Molly works with coaches, healers, and conscious leaders to broadcast their message with ease so they can reach more people and make more money with less time spent. She travels the world full-time and runs her six-figure business out of her self-converted Sprinter Van tiny home. And Molly loves helping her clients to systemize their work and master the magnetics of marketing so they can experience more freedom and make an even bigger difference. Thanks so much for being with us today, Molly. 
Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey and what has led you down this spiritual path? Well, I would say I've been on a spiritual path um, most of my life. I was raised kind of differently than most people probably. I was really raised believing in a lot of these kind of far out principles. My mom used to channel the Akashic Record and I was, you know, asking questions about reality and what it means to be a person and in a body and getting answers about past lives and things like like that from a very young age. So I think I've always been um, some version of a seeker or a finder, I like to call it, and, you know, voracious for knowledge and information to elevate my life with. And that being said, I think we all have to rebel against something. So I still went down a path of like, if this is real, why is there suffering in the world? And it's all crap and um, had to sort of find my way back to it as I underwent my own healing journey. So after reading many, many books on the topic and um, sort of organically finding myself uh, in business and, you know, marketing myself as a healer and as a holistic practitioner, I, yeah, I came back to a lot of those truths that I've sort of known, quote unquote, my whole life and got to sort of put them into practice and make my life about standing in that truth and practicing elevating my consciousness and releasing limiting beliefs. And now I get to kind of live my dream life because I did my homework to release the stuff that was keeping me unhappy or stuck, ask myself big questions about what is it that I desire? How do I want to show up? How can I help more people? And yeah, now that's what I'm doing. That sounds like such a beautiful journey. And what a gift to have that really instilled in you at a, such a young age and be, being exposed to those truths and, and things that are that you're sounds like you really are have brought forward with you on your path. And so yes. I'm wondering, you mentioned about, you know, just healing and your own healing journey. And, and, you know, I'm curious if you can talk a little bit about what that's been like for you. And, and are there certain tools that you've drawn from that have been helpful for you to move forward and, and do some of that healing so that you can come into a space where you've been able to help the people that you're helping now? Yeah, absolutely. So I, a big turning point for me in my life and definitely on my healing journey was when I went to a workshop with Dr. Brian Weiss at the Omega Institute. And Brian Weiss is kind of famous for past life regression therapy. And I had a lot of big aha moments then. One of the people that I met at that workshop told me, this is a very interesting thing to reflect to someone, but he told me that the energy he perceived around me when he first met me was that of being hunted. And so there was a lot of trauma I underwent as a child and a lot of, you know, stories I had solidified in my reality around um, that it's not worth it to love people or to be loved, that that I'm not worthy of love. And also that, uh, you know, no matter how much you love someone at some point, you're going to lose them. And so you might as well skip it. So I had a lot of these like very closed off ways of being in the world. And I started to open this little crack in a window of, you know, maybe this doesn't have to be my reality anymore. And maybe it actually would feel better to immerse myself in community and stop isolating. And maybe I would feel happier because I had been struggling with depression a lot in my life growing up. Um, Maybe it would feel happier to actually look at these things that are 
clogging up my operating system that are keeping me from experiencing that joy or that connection or that like vulnerability and witnessing that we can have in relationships with other people sometimes. So uh, a lot of great stuff happened in that weekend. And then um, I realized if I wanted to even practice past life regression therapy on people that I wanted more um, training in hypnosis itself. So I went into an intensive training program for hypnosis. Again, more healing for me. Um, lots of tools and lots of like self, I was listening to self-hypnosis recordings of my own voice, guiding my through stuff like every day, all the time, just trying to like shed some layers of stuff that was like holding me and began like coming out into a new place. And then I joined, I had accidentally started my business at that point and had to sort of figure out who I am now as a leader because I had been kind of this wandering vagabond for so many years. I'm still a wandering vagabond, but a um, lot less aimless than I used mm -hmm. to be. Yeah, hypnosis was a huge tool emotional freedom technique, EFT tapping was a huge tool. I, a couple of years into my business, discovered access consciousness, which is like a whole school of thought that many people have never heard of, which is a lot like law of attraction, but on steroids, like lots of verbal processing and body processes that you can use to set yourself free with. And um, I, I just became like a, a magician, sort of mastering my different skill sets and learning new tools and acquiring resources that helped me grow and evolve and facing the things that felt really scary for me. So an example of that was I had debilitating stage fright, but as I was starting my business, I knew I was going to want to lead workshops. So I dove headfirst into a bunch of different speaker trainings, including Toastmasters, and did it every single week as much as I possibly could just to stretch that muscle of believing that I can, believing that I can show up, believing I have something to say, believing the world doesn't end if people hear me speak. And so kind of putting myself into the fire, so to speak, of my fears and doing that in a lot of different aspects of my life so that I could get to the other side and know that I was okay and then learn from that. And so, I mean, those are some of the modalities that I use to uh, change my own reality and my own paradigm, my own view of myself, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. And also it was, I think, some tenacity on my part to keep looking at, okay, what's that growing edge? Where's that part that feels uncomfortable? And how can I either practice or train or desensitize myself to that trigger so that I can come out on the other side stronger? I love hearing your story. It's so empowering. And I think oftentimes we we forget, you know, just how powerful of creators that we really are. And yeah, sometimes it's just that tenacity, like you said, of of facing some of those fears and and signing up for the workshop that might send us into a tailspin and might also really step into our power like at, at the same time. So I love hearing about that. Um, yeah. You mentioned, you know, your business, you work with coaches and healers and conscious leaders. Um, how did, how did that start to evolve? Cause it sounds like you did a lot of inner work with these different modalities. How did that sort of shift? And as you said, it became, I mean, you're still vagabond, but with what, with a more clear aim. So what, yeah. what did that process look like? 
Yeah, totally. I think there is no uh, A to B to Z path in business. I think both of you know that pretty well, too. Um, as I started seeing clients and working with hypnosis, I started to realize after a while that um, I'm not good at talking slow. I'm a fast talker and I want to talk fast. And I also noticed that a lot. So I was getting tired of the induction phase of the hypnosis process, um, which is basically the guided meditation that allows people to relax and get into the zone. Um, and in addition to that, I was noticing a lot of my clients were having really big aha breakthrough moments before we even got to the hypnosis part of the session, just when we were in the inquiry and the verbal like questioning part. And so I started looking at, okay, maybe I want to be a coach. Maybe I want to just shift my focus into calling myself a coach instead of a hypnotherapist. And, um, I did that. And as I did that, I was trying to find my niche, so to speak. I was in a business training program that was guiding me to find my niche. Um, and I say niche because it rhymes with rich and niche rhymes with quiche. But if you speak French, <laughs> I apologize. I changed my niche. I, every time I changed my focus from hypno to coaching, from coaching about money to coaching about purpose to coaching about relationships, like all these different things. I went through like four niches in a year. And each time I did, I was building out all this new material. I was learning about online marketing. I knew I wanted to get back on the road and be able to run my business remotely. So I was looking at how do I build courses? How do I grow an email list? How do I market to that email list? How do I, you know, create this course and then let my email notes know about I show up on social media so that I feel authentic and that I can also tell people about the things that I'm creating and offering. And each time I would change my focus, I would build out all this content all over again. I would just create so much, um, so many emails, a whole new course. I kept creating and creating and creating. And after a while, I realized that I had mastered some of these tools, the use of an email list, the use of a course creation learning management system. Um, and how to make all those things seamlessly talk to each other, how to create free gifts and connect them to your website, connect them to your list, connect that to the next thing that you're offering. And I was immersed in this community of hundreds of other coaches and holistic practitioners who I've been one of. And so I speak that language. I was raised speaking the language of the spirituality stuff. So like I'm very much in that vibe and in that world. And I also now speak this language of marketing and technology and copywriting and I realized there was a missing link there because while th some people are amazing coaches and amazing healers, they often suck at talking about what they do and they're often tech averse and don't yeah. want to know how those pieces connect and definitely don't know how to do it themselves or they get scared of doing it. So I realized there was this opportunity to use these tools I had kind of mastered and help my friends do that for their businesses so that they could reach more people, make a bigger difference, make more money and do it with less time spent worrying and stressing about it. And so I kind of claimed that I had a friend kind of tell me, Hey, we need your help with that stuff. And I was like, well, no one's going to pay me for that. That's the fun part. And she was like, no, we need you for that. Mm -hmm. So um, I went in that direction and it just took off and kept building and building. And now I have I mean, probably a dozen courses and programs that people can get involved in. And I still have varying tiers of how people can work with me one-on-one. -on -one. And it feels so good. It feels like the ripple effect that I could have as a healer serving people one-on-one. -on -one, there was like a like natural organic limit to how many one-on-one -on -one sessions I could do as a healer in a lifetime. 
And as soon as I realized I could exponentially increase that by serving groups and that I could then exponentially increase that supporting leaders to serve groups, like the ripple effect of what I could help facilitate on this planet, like grew so big. And that was really, really exciting to me. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. And, and so I'd like to kind of, um, cause there's a lot of different pieces there, but that you mentioned, you know, working with people that struggle with being able to share their gifts and being able to talk about what they do. And I think, you know, that comes from a lot of maybe limiting beliefs or, you know, underlying energy, maybe I'm not good enough for, you know, speaking their truth or whatever the case may be for someone who has, who struggles with that. And so I know that can, you know, really play into, yeah, what they're sharing with the world. And and so I'm wondering uh, if you could talk a little bit about that. What, what have you seen with you know, helping people, well, first, what's under that, right, in your experience? And how do you help support people to move through that energy? Yeah, absolutely. So I will say when I started my business, I sort of felt myself go into this lane. And the lane was people are coming to me for tech support and copywriting, and I should stay in that lane. When, like I already said, I started from this hypno, uh, like deep inner work, place. And I was noticing that a, that part of me wanted to come through still and B that two people could set up the exact same system for their business with similar copywriting, similar niche, whatever. And one would work and the other wouldn't. And that had me recognizing that those limiting beliefs, whether we believe we deserve to have more people find us or this offering we're creating is actually worth it. Or um, who are we to do this? The imposter syndrome that there are so many layers inside of our programming that say yes or no to this being possible, to this being worth your time, and to this being um, like something you should actually share with the world. And so I had to bring in that deeper work part of me again. And now all of my offerings and programs address that, that the story that we can't or we shouldn't or we won't is something we have to look at. And um, more so than that, the beingness we have around a project or an offering or our business in general matters almost more than whatever the hell we're trying to create and and put together. So it's like our intention behind something, our belief in it, our um, energy around it being grounded and being conducive to its production and creation and expansion is so vital for that thing being found, being bought, being registered for, whatever the case may be. And so that's a big part of the work that I do now is helping people figure out what is that what is that part of the program? What is that part of your operating system? For some people, it's going to be that imposter syndrome. For some people, it's going to be, you know, somebody told them they don't know anything when they were really young and they've just identified as I don't know anything. So that's just the thing that's running in the background all the time. And if we're willing to look at what that root is and unpack it or better rewrite it and sort of install a new program into the operating system of our minds, our hearts, our beings, that everything else changes and it can change really fast. And sometimes like wow, scary magic fast. Um, but it's, it's, 
not something we're encouraged to do a lot of the time, especially depending on what kind of business mentors or gurus or whatever you're following. They're not all talking about that inner part of growing a business. And I think it's hugely vital. It was hugely vital for me. And it's still a daily practice for me to step into my belief and remind myself of who I am and what I, what I'm capable of and what I deserve and what I'm worthy of. And I don't think that work ends, but it does get easier over time. So true. Thank you. Thank you for that insight. And I hear you say like worthy and deserving of, and I think there is definitely a core uh, belief system around people really struggling with this idea of worth and value. I'd love for you to expand upon that, especially when we come into the business line, like in your bio, you run a six figure business. And I'll, there are many people that are like, oh, I would, I would love to have that much money. And in the same breath, I feel like there are some deeper limiting beliefs around value and worth that either prevent people from a more abundant business or mindset. Um, so I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that for people who are looking to step into, um, whether it's a six-figure business or just feeling more worthy of their gifts and talents. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's the same thing, whether we're looking at worthy of the partnership that we desire, the relationship we desire, or whether we're looking at worthy of the financial income that we desire that we're, you know, wishing for and hoping we can create. It's important to look at what is the story that's already there. You know, when you, and it's pretty easy when you're paying attention to find it because you'll hear yourself saying things like, oh, I can't afford it, or that's out of my price range or things like that, that are maybe true based on the current reality that you're in, but they're not words that are generative or that are supporting what you desire to create more of. So um, I actually have a course called Peace With Money that's all about this. It starts young. It starts either from the stories that your parents have around money and wealth or their, I mean, same, whether I'm talking about money or wealth or whether I'm talking about confidence and self-love, we learn it from a very young age, both from our families and also from society. And then also in adolescence from our friend groups and what's the norm there when it comes to, you know, how we interact with money or wealth or how we interact with um, loving ourselves and feeling like we have the space to be ourselves in the world, looking at what that story is right now and whether that's the story you want to keep. So I'd, I'd never have enough. It doesn't matter how much money I make. I can never pay my bills or I always pay my bills, but it's always just enough, never more than I desperately need to get by. And looking at what's the alternative, what's a story you would like to have. And if we don't have an experience of this, we want to get into the emotion of what the state of having is. We want to get into the vibe as much as possible. Abraham Hicks talks about it uh, up and down. Um, we want to feel what that feeling is so we can sort of pull that into our reality more. And to do that with money, if you don't have an experience of what I call peace with money is in your life, if there was never a moment that you've experienced that, it can feel like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, I don't understand. And I don't know how to feel that because I've never felt it before. And if that's the case, 
whether it's the relationship you want to have or the health you want to have or the money you want to have, you can pull that experience from someone else. So I like to use, um, I've always used Oprah for this. Oprah's a billionaire and she, I believe, has a state of being with money that is beyond what most people can even fathom. So I do a little practice where I energetically crawl into Oprah's world and I start asking her questions about what having money like that is like. What's it like when you find out how much money you made today? Get a hit of like what Oprah would feel about that. Okay, well, what's it like when you, you know, you have to pay this giant bill that you didn't expect? And I get a sense of what Oprah's experience of that would be. And it's generally a state of like calm of like, ah, we got this. There's more where that came from. There's always enough. We can handle it. It's being handled. Or like, oh, good. That much money came in. Great. Glad. Glad to hear it. Not a huge shock, not a huge emotional swing of like joy or dread. It's just a place of like knowing and trusting and having. And so then I pull that energy back into my reality and say, okay, let me hold on to this feeling as long as I can, because that's the feeling I would like to be having more of in my life. And I think, you know, what you can be and experience a little bit, you can create more of that frequency attracts like frequencies to it. So we can do that with anything. I think it's easy to like, especially early on with coaches and holistic practitioners, you're seeing other people who have the business that you want or who have the following that you want or who have maybe even the same message that you want to have. And they're sharing it so boldly and it makes you feel bad. So bless that which you desire. My favorite phrase from this, which I got from Access Consciousness is, I'll have what they're having. It's like, okay, universe, you've shown me what's on the menu. I see this option over here. I'm going to, I'll take one of what they're having. Thank you. And then you can just feel what that feeling would be like. This is silly, but sometimes I really love following those like Instagram couples who like show them like hugging on the beach. I'm like, yeah, that's the vibe of what I'm calling in for partnership next. And I've experienced little bits of it here and there in my relationships, but there's more of that. And the more I feel that feeling and get into that zone, the more I think the universe is like, okay, that's what we're handing her next. That's what we're bringing to the table. So um, so yeah, that's sort of my little hack with tapping into the energy of having money. And um, it's wildly useful. It has changed my own money story over and over again. Sometimes I fall out of the practice and money gets weird. And then I'm like, oh, you're not doing your money practices. Like get back there and look at it and be with that frequency that you know you desire. And then poof, money comes out of nowhere somehow again. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that you know, because it's really, you know, it, it is all energy, right? And so when we play with the frequency of it, then we can attract so much more, you know, and it it's really um, to recognize the power we have, because we can tap in, we can hold on and, and recognize when we go into a place of fear, like there's not enough, or, you know, I don't know how I'm going to pay that next bill, or, you know, I'll never meet the partner, you know, but that those are all fear mind-based, right? It's yeah. coming from the mind. And so we tap into the energy, we can really, you know, begin to attract, you know, all the things that, you know, we 
uh, that we're ready for in this moment, yeah. right? We have to build that muscle. I'm wondering if if you found that to be, because I think sometimes people go out and, you know, they're like, I'm going to go manifest a million dollars, right? But then they're, they're barely scraping by in this moment. So what would you say for someone, you know, working on building that muscle? Yeah, absolutely. You just brought up a really good tool that I would love to share, which is, I think, I got most of this from access consciousness, but it's also just like an, a basics of energy, I think, is when you find yourself saying one of those conclusive statements, it's like a decision or a contraction of, I don't have enough, or I want a million dollars. I'm going to go get a million dollars. They're like solid statements of like, I can't pay this bill, period. And it feels contracted because it's not a truth that you want. It's not a vibe that feels good. And the antidote to those kinds of conclusions of I can't, I don't, I I shouldn't, all of those. And you can feel it anytime you say something like that, that it just feels kind of heavy and contracted. The antidote is to ask a question. So say you want to make a million dollars. What would it take for a million dollars to come into my reality? Or like, you know, what would it take? to pay this bill and all the rest of my bills this month with ease. And that's like a question that you don't have to then answer. And if you don't answer it, you're almost creating this like vacuum in space that the universe then tries to come and answer that question for you with an opportunity or a new doorway opening or some new person coming in to interact with. Like the power of a question it creates this possibility sort of zone of magic so anytime you hear yourself saying something conclusive or like oh I can't afford to go out to dinner this week oh what would it take for me to go out to dinner as often as I wanted to universe show me show me the possibilities what could I change what could I generate what could I invite into my life now to make that happen with more ease I love that yeah, mm-hmm. open to possibility using the what I would say like in our intuitive side. Because for me, when I get stuck in like the mental mind, like the rational mind, I'm trying to figure out the problem at the level that I'm at that already created the issue. Yeah. So whether it's it's money or relationship or whatever it may be, if I am not open to possibility or have a more sense of curiosity about it, then it just becomes me trying to figure it out, but I'm at the same, you know, vibrational level of that which created the issue that I don't want. So I think a lot of it is pulling back the lens. Um, it, for me, it's a surrendering process. And I know sometimes the word surrender doesn't sit well with people. So it's not giving up, but it's like releasing the hold that like my ego self has to figure out the next step, the next step. And all the steps to get to the end goal when really I like how you're saying what, like it's a question and it's just opening up to this possibility. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you ask a question like that, you become this like dousing rod or tuning fork that something shows up and it matches the vibration of that. You're like, Oh, I've been asking this question and look, this is showing up over here. That feels like what I was asking for. And sometimes it shows up in weird ways. Like I got in a car accident. I was in my friend's car and she got rear-ended about a year and a half ago. And my first thought was, 
how is this what I've been asking for? Because I'm standing in this belief of like everything that shows up is in some way I, I kind of take responsibility for what I'm attracting. And the first thought that came to mind was like, oh, this might be how you're paying your taxes this year. <laughs> and it was, it was a settlement that really paid for a lot of my taxes last year. So, um, so yeah, something might show up that matches the vibration of that question. But step one is ask the question. And step two is look and notice and be willing to be aware of what possibilities arise. Yeah. I, I like and, that attunement part of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, recognizing that we don't have to figure out how and getting the, the how out of the way and, and just, yeah, letting go and trusting. I think that can be a really challenging part for people is, you know, getting ourselves out of the way and, and asking the questions and giving it up to the universe spirit, you know, um, and just allowing that to flow in the way it needs to. I Isn't will that? say that I am highly impatient when it comes to that. I'm just calling myself out. Yeah. <laughs> like there are some times where I'm like, okay, universe, like this could have happened like yesterday. So yeah. <laughs> I get that. I totally agree. Yeah. The, the universal timeline of things is not always right. as a very satisfying timeline, <laughs> but things can also shift r- really fast sometimes too. Mm-hmm. so yeah. true yeah and the mind though I mean just recognizing like how much the mind tries to get in the way and when it's you know mind versus spirit right and and allowing that to step aside and maybe take a breath into that or you know yeah are are there any tools that you have that you know maybe can support people with getting the mind out of the way and and releasing the expectation or trying to figure it out or trying to make it happen. Yeah, totally. I mean, one of, so the subconscious mind is part of that mind thing that's playing the old story. It's like, you've got this tape on repeat that's going in your mind. That is the old story. And it's like the neuro pathway of that is really well worn and it's where our brains are going to just tend to naturally gravitate back towards and creating a new neural pathway which is what we're trying to do here we're trying to create a new story and overwrite the old program it takes repetition it takes time and that's partly what you were saying brenda is like i get impatient with it well yeah if first we have to line up with this new story and then our reality starts to reflect that new story but if we're like starting to bushwhack our way up that new <laughs> pathway and we're like you know what i'm not seeing enough evidence of this like i'm done like i quit it's not showing me enough evidence like i'm done with that pathway and we stop trying to trod the new pathway until it's the most well worn neural option and that's where our brain will now normally go like I've like I said after that car accident my brain went to that place first instead of oh how wrong and bad and terrible and this is such an inconvenience and da 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 it's like no I went straight to that pathway first that was proof of the practice of me bushwhacking that new pathway which is not my natural state that's not how I was raised I mean I was raised with some beliefs like that but it I didn't have that as a habitual way of thinking until probably late 20s, early 30s that I've been really heavily trotting my new pathway. So one of the tools that I really love to answer your question, um, there's an app called Think Up, which is, um, I think, not a free app. There might be a free version, but I like paying for it because then I can put binaural beats in the background, but you record your own voice. 
saying your affirmations, basically speaking the reality that you desire to live in. And um, then you can listen to it. And it's basically reprogramming that subconscious mind while you're doing other stuff. So I'll like listen to it while I'm journaling or listen to it while I'm driving, listen to it while I'm walking the dog. And that is like some heavy lifting of reprogramming the subconscious mind that can just happen in the background for a few minutes a day. Um, so that one's really useful. And I will say when it comes to affirmations, which I don't know, you guys might talk about this as well. When you say something like, let's say I have a million dollars. If you don't have a million dollars right now, there's a part of you that sounds an alarm. It goes, that's a lie. You're lying to me. I don't believe you. And now maybe I'm not going to believe the next thing you say because it triggers that little synapse that says, mm -mm, it's not true. I see my reality and there is no million dollars. So there's a workaround for that which is I'm becoming someone who, I'm becoming someone who is willing to have a million dollars. I'm becoming someone who making a million dollars is easy for. So there's ways to make the affirmations not sound that alarm. And that just allows them to get sunken into that subconscious sponge of your mind a little bit easier. But that's one great tool. Another great tool is getting support. It's, uh, we, I think Stacy mentioned blind spots when you were on my podcast the other day too, but we can't see our blind spots. We can't know what we don't know. And if we have been telling the same story and living from that story for long enough, we don't even hear it as a story anymore. We think it's true. We think it's fact-based. And so to have somebody else be able to ask you questions and reflect those stories back to you and help you rewrite them to something more empowering is, um, I think it's worth its weight in gold. And I would not be who I am today if it weren't for the mentors and the leaders and the support that I've gotten from other people, from world-class coaches who were willing to like point stuff out to me when I couldn't see it myself. And um, yeah, that's another reason why I do what I do is because I want to help people get past the BS story and find the deeper truth, which is so much more empowering, which allows so much more to come into our realities. And um, yeah, it, it's not impossible to do it by ourselves, but it's a lot faster when we have support. Yeah, I agree. And I would just piggyback onto that, the the support of where we want to go in the world. Because for many people, and I'm speaking of myself, like I, I love my family and some of my friends from way, way back. Uh, and they, I mean, they're not quite the support that I would need to move forward in, you know, manifesting the things that I really want to see in my life. Um, they may provide me comfort when I really need it. And that's a beautiful thing too. Uh, but like having the right kind of support, uh, one of the reasons why I, I love doing what I do as a holistic lifestyle coach is like just providing that encouragement and also calling people out. I mean, and yeah. doing it with some compassion and, of course. <laughs> but also to, right, we can't always see our own blind spots like Stacy mentioned. And so it's good to have the, the type of support that will help us evolve and grow. Totally. Yeah. Um, so circling a little bit back to, I mean, we talked about money, but also looking at abundance and value. So in sort of the spiritual entrepreneurial world, there is, I don't know, kind of a stigma a little bit about around the idea of abundance and value, whether it's regards to money. I think many people may feel like what I do in this 
the work in this world is spiritual. So I couldn't possibly ask for the abundance in many aspects, whether it's money or in other ways that I really need to, whether it's pay the bills or to live a lifestyle that I really like. What, what are your thoughts um, on that, that you probably see quite a bit? Yeah, I, yeah. I've got something to say about that one. Um, so it's really normal, especially with somebody who has a very deep like healing tool or like deep leaf. They feel that they have a spiritual gift that they've been put on this planet to share. Yes, you do. And go team. And there's math to it. If you've got this beautiful spiritual gift and you're not willing to let people pay you for it, then you have to do something else to make a living. And that means you're just naturally spending less of your time doing that beautiful magic trick that you've been gifted with. And if that's the case, then I kind of say, how dare you? How dare you rob the world of more of that magic because you're not willing to let that magic support you. And not only that, I will speak from personal experience of doing hypnotherapy. The people who paid more as my rates increased over time the people who paid more, who invested in more sessions rather than just one, they got more out of it. They showed up to get their healing, to get their money's worth in a way that the people who paid less just didn't. And I've been on the other end of that as well. I've bought a program and I didn't really show up to it because I was like, well, it only costs $97. Like, oh, well. And the program I paid $20,000 for, I went every single time. I did not miss a moment because I was going to get my money's worth for that $20,000 program I joined. And that was just the way that worked. I'm willing to show up for it because I put my skin in the game. I put my like money where my mouth is, so to speak. I'm not going to waffle on that commitment. And so it actually invites people, it invites you to show up bigger when you know someone's paying you for something and invites them to get the thing that they paid for when they're putting an energetic exchange into the mix like that. So if you've been thinking it's holier and mightier to not charge for your services, I double dog dare you to see what happens for your clients or patients if you do charge. And if it's greater than it was for free, then you've got your answer. It's been a long time since I've been double dog dared. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't heard that. In, but it feels very abundant though yeah. with the devil dog there. Um, anyway, uh, you have uh, on your website, which we will provide a link in the show notes about a, uh, a quiz on money or am I correct? I have two quizzes uh, actually. Yeah. Oh, two. Oh my goodness. Well, tell our listeners about that and then where they can find you and, and anything else that. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I have two podcasts. I have two books, a fiction and a nonfiction book. So if you like reading books, check those out. Um, my, one of my podcasts is about consciousness. The other one is about healing and business. So tactical magic is business and healing modalities. Uh, reveal the game of life is just talking about consciousness with my friend Chris and how to step out of the matrix and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I have two quizzes, which are really fun to play with. I think games are one of my favorite things in life. Um, and it's kind of like a game. So one is the thought leaders quiz, which will tell you what level of thought leadership you're at right now and how to start expanding into the next step. Um, and that one is based on some archetypes from the major arcana of the tarot deck, um, the fool, the magician, the high priestess, the empress, and the hierophant. 
And then there's also a money quiz, which is uh, you can find out your money mindset flavor and get a special recipe about how to use that flavor to create more peace with money in your life. Beautiful, beautiful. And yeah, we will add those to the show notes so people can easily find you. So, well, Molly, thank you so much for being here today and, and just sharing your wisdom and knowledge and experience with our listeners and appreciate having you on. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And thank you for listening to Be The Love Podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to our show, please share the love by sharing it with your friends, giving us a five-star written review on iTunes, or liking us on Facebook. And please support our mission to awaken our souls with special guest interviews and speak the love conscious conversations with your co-hosts, myself and Brenda. A monthly donation of $2.22 or $5.55 really helps us with the operating costs of this podcast so we can continue to spread the love. To contribute, visit our Patreon website at patreon.com forward slash be the love podcast. And stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays and Thursdays at 5.55 a.m. Mountain Time. Thank you, Heather Lynn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heather Lynn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynnmusic.com. And thank you, Christy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphic. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey to align to our divine purpose and shine our lights. So keep on shining.